Hello and welcome to All Villa No Filler, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. Villa have made yet another signing this transfer window. This time it's Callum Chambers heading to B6 from Arsenal. The 27-year-old defender joins fellow new faces Coutinho, Lucadinha, Robin Olsen and Kerr Smith. On this show, I'm joined by Andrew Mangan. He's a writer, podcaster and founder of Arsenal site Arsblog. I started out by asking Andrew if he was as surprised as Villa fans to see the transfer go through. I have to say I was because he he only had five months left on his deal. I look at the Arsenal squad right now and I see that it's pretty light in certain areas. Mm. And... It just occurred. I, I never even countenanced the idea that he would go in January. I, I think we all had come to the conclusion that he was going to go in the summer. As such, he'd probably have quite a few offers available to him on a Bosman. Um, so it didn't really occur to anybody. I mean, this was a bolt from the blue, to be honest, when it was announced yesterday. But maybe it's mm. not a surprise because when he joined Arsenal back in 2014, it was another one. It was one of those where nobody had any idea what was happening. <laughs> and all of a sudden he was announced as an Arsenal player when we signed him from Southampton. So I don't know if this is something that Callum Chambers likes to do, just keep everything on the down low and just turn <laughs> up at a club. But yeah, it was, it was a surprise because we, we have some issues with squad depth at the moment. And, you know, he's, he's a pretty popular guy around the club. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was a, uh, a bit of a surprise for most people, I think. Yeah, it was a little bit reminiscent of when Danny Ings joined from Southampton uh, in August, joined Aston Villa. Um, it just kind of came out of nowhere. It was suddenly an Instagram post and there he was signed up. So Villa yeah. kind of liked to get their business done quietly, it seems. Um, but on Callum Chambers, uh, what kind of a player is he and what are his best qualities, would you say? It's a really good question because he was at Arsenal since 2014 and he never really nailed down any one particular place. Mm. Um, I suppose what you would say about him is he is versatile in that he can play at right back, he can play a centre half in a two, he can play as a central defender in a three as well. Uh, he did play as a central midfielder for a while for Fulham. He had a loan season with Fulham, did very well there and played in central midfield at times, although he never never played there for Arsenal. And right. Despite Arsene Wenger talking about him potentially being a defensive midfield player, he, he was never used there for us. So, you know, he's a right-sided defender. He's uh, pretty solid, good in the air. Technically, I think he's, he's really good. Uh, he's got some lovely touches up the other end of the pitch. He scored some goals for us over the years, which are, you know, not exactly the routine kind of goals that you would expect a, a central defender to score. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he's a hardworking, committed, good player. I think technically he is a good player. Um, what he might like a little bit is, is pace. Um, right. And that's been an issue perhaps that um, has plagued him a little bit or the perception that he doesn't have a great deal of pace has plagued him a little bit over, over the course of his career. And do you think that being as versatile as that has kind of, in a way, affected his career in the sense that at Arsenal, there was never a, a position where, you know, Arsene Wenger or Arteta or Unai Emery ever said, that is where Callum Chambers is going to play. Um, I mean, whilst it's a strength, of course, was that actually kind of a bit of a negative for him as well? I guess it can be, you know, you, if you're one thing and you're good enough, you're going to be in the team. And we've seen it with someone like Ainsley Maitland-Niles at Arsenal over the last 
18 months or so, if we're talking versatile, there's a guy who played in central midfield. He played as right back. He played uh, right wing back, yeah. left back, left wing back, even played in the front three a few times. And I think that may have hampered his um, ability to nail down a place uh, at Arsenal. For Chambers, I think it's just been a, a matter of circumstance as well. You know, he, he's been competing with first-choice players in, in positions where I don't think he was quite as good as some of those players over the years. So right. he did have a period at right back where it was going okay, and he had this game against Swansea, which people talk about a lot. He played against... Jefferson Montero uh, away from home at Swansea. And it was one of those games where he was still quite a young player, learning his trade, developing, and he got roasted that day. Absolutely roasted. I mean, I think if, if Arsene Wenger had taken him off, maybe he did at some point, I don't know. But if he took him off earlier, nobody would have blamed him. He, he seemed to struggle with that. Like everybody said from that point on, well, he can't play right back, which is mm -hmm. not true. He can, and he can play there quite well, but he's not, what you would call the the archetypal modern right back right. you know he's never yes. gonna get up and down and up and down and and the whole lot he is yeah. i think probably more comfortable in a role where as a right back let's say he is an auxiliary central defender or if he's playing in a back three he's playing on that right hand side of the back three which i think he's very comfortable in um when Mikel arteta took over maybe his first or second game Chambers was in the team and he was playing as a central defender and picked up a, an injury, a cruciate injury. So he was out for a year really. And and after that, he, he really struggled for, for game time, I think, but you know, that, that, that idea of being a specialist in any one position, it's hard to see it happening for him now, unless there's a plan at Villa where he is going to be, um, you know, if you play with a back three at times, um, you know, that right-sided centre-half position, I think, really suits him. Well, that's good to hear because it, I guess it does give us a... a it gives Steven Gerrard a, a variety of options, I guess. Mm. Um, but something that a lot of Villa fans want to see at the club is a defensive midfielder. Um, it seems to be a running theme that we really want to sign a number six. Now, am I right in thinking that Callum Chambers at Fulham was a defensive midfielder and was eventually their player of the season? Is that, is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. I mean, he did. I don't know how many games. I couldn't tell you, you know, because I don't really pay too much attention to Fulham. But right, yeah. he definitely did play in central mid midfield for them. Whether he played the entire season in central midfield, I don't quite know. Um, but he was their player of the season, I believe. Uh, it's just it's, we've never seen him do it for Arsenal. We've right. never seen him in that position. So at the, if you want to say, middle to top end of the Premier League, which is, you know, where where we are, or certainly where we used to be near the top end, and we're not anymore, obviously. Um, I don't think, I, I would see it as a bit of a struggle for him, maybe, perhaps as part of a two. I wouldn't see him necessarily as like a single pivot defensive midfielder with two ahead yeah. of him. I don't really know that he's quite mobile enough for that, and that is maybe something I would have a little bit of a worry about, a concern about with Callum is that after the cruciate injury, I think, I think he lost something in terms of his mobility. Yeah. Um, he came on against Liverpool a couple of weeks ago when we were playing in the Carabao Cup semi-final um, when Liverpool, uh, the, the one after they had all their uh, false positives in, in the COVID case and all that. Yeah. And we had a man 
unsurprisingly, Granit Xhaka sent off. Um, so we had to rejig, and I think Cedric had gone off, who was the, the sort of backup right back, and he went off. Callum Chambers came on. And for the first 20 minutes, I have to say, I was like, oh, what's what's wrong here? There's something not quite right with the way that that he's moving. But he really grew into the game and had a fantastic defensive performance. He is... I think somebody who would give you the kind of defensive qualities you need if you're, let's say, you're one nil up or two one up with right, twenty right. minutes to go. As as that kind of a guy, he can do a lot that you need. You know, he can sit deep, he can head balls away, he can make clearances. He is a little bit can be exposed a bit in the air at times, but generally speaking, pretty okay in in that sense. So. Yeah, what he can give you, I think, is is things that might augment what you already have, rather than him coming in and being a first choice player or, or a starter week in, week out. I mean, I don't know what the plan is is for him, but certainly in terms of squad depth, you know, he's only twenty seven. I think he's more than capable of doing it at, at, at Villa or any any half decent club in the in the Premier League. So, mm. uh, lack of playing time, I think, might explain why I was concerned about him in those opening 20 minutes because he he really hasn't played yeah um he two premier league appearances two starts back in august and was only on the bench twice more and, and didn't play and played some carabao cup games scored a goal for us and everything else so it might just be that it might just be the fact that he was he was very rusty um but like i said you know, he dug in and that was a very creditable 10-man performance for Arsenal to come away from Anfield with a, a nil-nil draw and he, he played his part in that. Well, I mean, at Villa, the likelihood is he's going to be a squad player at the start, at least. Mm. Um, you sort of mentioned it there, but if he ever gets a run of games at Villa, let's say there's an injury in the team and he comes into the first 11 and gets to play 10 games in a row, for instance, do you think he has the capacity to still grow into a starter for Aston Villa? I mean, it depends who he's competing against. Yeah. No, it really depends who who's in the position that he's going to play in. You'll have to forgive me if I don't know exactly who your right-sided central defenders are. Um, but, I mean, like I said, he's 27. He's not over the hill by any means. Yeah. He's got a fair bit of experience. I mean, he's 120-odd games for Arsenal and games for Fulham, and he had a season on loan with... With Middlesbrough as well, where I, I think he did, I think he did really well. So he knows what the Premier League is all about. None of this yeah. is going to be any kind of a surprise to him. You know, I think he's he's at an age where going to a new club, it's not going to take him months to settle in. He doesn't have to learn a new language, uh, apart from uh, Scouse, maybe. No, I'm kidding. But um, you know, he 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 should be able to come in, slot in, and and do a job straight away as and when he's as and when he's needed. Yeah, um, I mean, ultimately, I guess, with Callum Chambers, uh, what should Villa fans expect from him kind of as an individual and a player, really? Well, look, he's a really popular guy. He's been a really popular player among Arsenal fans. He's a good character. He's a professional. He's, you know, there's no messing with him. He's pretty dedicated, works hard, trains hard. He's not someone who will ever, you know, go through the motions. He's not one of those players who yeah, we'll just take it easy during a game or anything like that. I mean, there are going to be times like there are with every player where things don't go well for him, mm. but you know, the way sometimes you can see a player who's, who's not focused, who's not committed to the game, who's just sort of 
just can't be arsed. He's not that kind of a guy. He really isn't. He's a very popular guy. People are sad to see him go because people understand why he's going because, because of his contract situation. There was no talk of giving him an extension. I think probably for Arsenal and for Callum Chambers, the, the time is right to move on for both parties. But people are still a bit sad to see him go because he's been here since 2014. He's yeah. you know, got links to some of our FA Cup winning teams. Um, you know, I think you can expect a, a good, solid pr uh, Premier League player who, you know, will give you 100% every time he goes out there. Uh, well, that's excellent to hear, of course, as, as somebody who's got a good attitude, I think is what I think Stephen Gerrard yeah. particularly would like to see. Um, but I also just want to ask you about um, two other Aston Villa players who Arsenal have been quite heavily linked with. Douglas Louise, of course, is the main one at the moment. I gather he's mm -hmm. been the subject of a £30 million potential bid from Arsenal. Um, is that a player you would like to see join the club? Is it someone you can you see why they've made an approach to Villa if they have um, for him? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a good player. I like him. And we have a, an issue in midfield, um, which perhaps isn't quite our biggest issue at the moment. We certainly have a an issue up front, uh, which is where I think all, all Arsenal fans are focusing between now and the end of this transfer window. Douglas Luiz, I like him. He's a good player. Um, I have some reservations because we have um, issues with his agent. We've had some issues with uh, Kia Juravchin down the years and, and mm -hmm. certainly some of the recent signings that he has brought to the club have not been particularly successful. There have been some questions about the relationships that he's had with some of our executives, you know, one of whom is still there. One is, you know, who was relieved of his duties last year. So I'm, I'm always a little bit cautious about um, players who are represented by him. Mm -hmm. as to the veracity of the the uh, the stories linking us or or our interest in him um it always feels like it's a bit easy and i have to say if i was the owner of arsenal and and edu came to me and said we want to sign this player his agent is kia jurabjian we can get a deal done i'd be saying well look this is the guy who brought you david louise and willian and cedric you know mm. <laughs> I'm not sure about this one, you know, so I'm, I, I like him as a player. I'm not going to lie about that. Uh, I think, you know, he could slot in quite well at Arsenal, but I'm, I'm very guarded about um, links to players with that particular agent. So we'll wait and see. Okay. That's interesting to know. And also you mentioned striker uh, again, Arsenal have been linked with Ollie Watkins Mm. Um, the man who I think, well, one of the players I think Aston Villa should certainly be building around for the future. I think he's an absolutely fantastic striker. Um, he has a few goals against Arsenal himself, um, but apparently he is himself an Arsenal fan growing up, um, is, okay. the, is the report. Um, although I have read before that he was a Spurs fan, but uh, recently or more recently I've heard he's an Arsenal fan, so I'd love to get to the bottom of that. But um, yes, uh, how do you feel about links to Ollie Watkins and how realistic do you think it is you'd go for him? Or are there other strikers you would you think Arsenal will prioritise? I mean, at this point, you know, if you could go go out in the street and find any half decent striker um, who isn't using a walking stick, uh, <laughs> Arsenal should be interested in them at this point. You know, we've got a big problem at centre forward right now because it looks like Aubameyang is is toast. Uh, Lacazette doesn't score. Inkedia doesn't score, and after that. You know, we've got nothing, so I don't know how we can consider a, a continued chase for the top four without without a striker. So 
in that context, Ollie Watkins would be a, a very good signing for Arsenal. That said, I don't know why Villa would sell. No, I don't know. I don't really understand why they would sell. I, I guess, you know, the Premier League tax and the English tax on this player, if he was available, would be prohibitive maybe or certainly would add a lot to uh, to his his transfer fee so you know ask me would I take him at this point we're talking on Friday deadline closes on Monday Arsenal have spent a lot of time trying to bring in Dusan Vlavic it hasn't worked mm. we don't know what's going to happen between now and Monday so you know if you offered it to me and I'd say yes of course but I don't really see it as realistic I, I don't imagine Arsenal are going to go for him in this window and I don't really, like I said to you, I don't understand why why Villa would sell. If you're building something and clearly Steven Gerrard has come in, he's looked for some backing in the window. Um, you know, he, any manager wants to bring in their own players when they come to a club. So some of that is happening. Why would you dismantle a key part of that in the, in the January window when, you know, again, if Arsenal were to go for him, Villa have got no chance of really bringing in a replacement unless they do something magic quick like they did with Callum Chambers or, or Danny Ings. But, you know, it seems like a complicated end to a transfer window for Villa. And I don't know why you would do us any kind of favour in that regard. Yeah, please God, it doesn't happen in the summer uh, or the winter. It's um, He's just a really, really excellent striker, I think. And um, yeah, it will be interesting to see who Arsenal go for this summer. I've seen links with uh, Isaac at Sociedad. <laughs> Um, he's a really top player, so I could imagine him working out really nicely for you. Um, but, um, Andrew, it's been absolutely brilliant to have you on. Um, can you just let us know where we can find your work and where we can find Arsblog? Yeah. Well, arsblog.com is where everything is. Uh, the podcast and our news and Twitter and everything uh, just uh, is on that. So, yeah, if you want to just Google Arsblog, it is the it is the first link and it, it won't take you to anything too saucy, don't worry. <laughs> Okay, thank you everybody for listening. I've been your host, Frankie Maguire. Thank you for joining us, Andrew. It's been great to meet you. Thank you. And it's goodbye from me. I'll be back soon to review the transfer window, but until then, come on, Super Villa. <laughs> <laughs>